The first section of Psalms has been called the Genesis Psalms. They help us to realize that every good thing begins with God. The Psalms provide a roadmap for the journey ahead. In them, we learn to bring every emotion and experience of life into the presence of God. Join Scott Pauley now as we study God's Word together. As we open the Word of God today in the Psalms, we come to a particular section of Psalms that I think is most unique. It's Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24. Now these three Psalms, I believe, uh, correspond to one another. For example, in Psalm 22, we are led to a mountain. We're about to go to that mountain in just a moment. It's Mount Calvary. When you come to Psalm 23, we come to a valley, the valley of the shadow of death. But when we come to Psalm 24, we're back to the mountain, this time Mount Zion on the other side. And do you see this beautiful object lesson, if you will, of these three Psalms? And between every mountain, there's always a valley. But friend, you're coming through that valley to the other side. So we're moving from the cross to the resurrection. We're moving from the battle to the ultimate victory. Not only that, but these three Psalms also give us a beautiful picture of the Lord as our shepherd. If I said to you, which Psalm shows you Christ as the shepherd? Immediately you'd say, well, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And we're coming to that very shortly. But in fact, Psalm 22, 23, and 24 all give us a picture of our shepherd. Psalm 22, where we are today, shows us Christ as the good shepherd. Remember, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Psalm 22, that's exactly what he does. He lays down his life for us. In Psalm 23, we have a picture of him as the great shepherd, leading us in paths of righteousness for his own namesake. And then when you come to Psalm 24, praise God, we have him as the chief shepherd, coming in glory. As the good shepherd, he deals with sin's penalty. As the great shepherd, he releases us from sin's power. And as the chief shepherd, he will one day deliver us from sin's presence. What a wonderful Savior we have. So with that in mind, I bring you now to Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is a picture of Calvary. Today, we're going to the cross. Think of this. 1,000 years before the Lord Jesus cried from the cross. These very cries were recorded prophetically in Psalm 22. And someone may say, how is that possible? Because our God's not bound in time. He's the God who fills up eternity. He's the first and the last. And so there's a beautiful prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus in Psalm 22. When was it written in David's life? We don't know. But perhaps that in itself is significant because it's really not so much about David's life as it is about Christ's life. Listen to the opening verse of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Immediately, you're transported out of the Psalms. You're transported to Golgotha. Do you hear the Lord Jesus cry from the cross? It's midnight in the middle of the day as God the Father turns His back on His own Son and a cry pierces those shadows. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? On this side of Calvary, we know the answer to that question. Christ became sin for us, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Might I say it this way? He was forsaken 
so you would never have to be forsaken. The Lord Jesus took your death so you could take His life. He took your darkness so you could take His light. He took your sin so you could take His salvation. He took your hell so you could take His heaven. That's the answer to the question, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? May I tell you on the authority of the Word of God, no believer ever has to utter these words. Not one time. Why? Because Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Christ was separated from His Father for our sin so that we could be reconciled to God, never to be separated from Him ever again. Do you see how Psalm 22 leads you to Christ? Oh, look to the cross today, my friend. Look to Calvary. Look to Christ. In fact, this is a rather lengthy psalm, but all through it, there are expressions just like that. For example, verse 7, All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Isn't that exactly what the mob and the religious rulers cried at the foot of the cross? They mocked him and they jeered at him. Listen to verse 9. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. I believe here there's a beautiful picture of the virgin birth of Christ, of the Lord Jesus coming into the world according to the Father's divine purpose. This was what was on His mind on the cross. Would you like to know what was on His mind on the cross? Remember Mary, His mother, was there. In fact, on one occasion, He will speak to her and He'll speak to John to take care of her. Woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. I think when He looked at His mother that day, He was thinking of the fact that this was the very reason for which He was born. See, it's never enough to talk about the baby without talking about the suffering Savior. Psalm 22 connects Bethlehem and Calvary. It connects the manger and the cross. This is why He came, to, to be a ransom for our sin, to seek and to save that which is lost. And so you come to verse 12. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. Now doesn't this look like the cross? All of these people laughing at Him and mocking Him. If you're really the Christ, come down from the cross like bulls, like ravening, roaring lions. Uh, now this is very interesting. He says, strong bulls of Bashan. Bashan was a very fertile area where large cattle were raised. They were fierce and they were strong. In other words, the strength of man and the strength of sin and the strength of the devil and the strength of hell came against Christ. It surrounded Him at the cross. I want to pause right now, if I may. Permit me a moment, would you? Just to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you took for us at the cross. He became our substitute. He took your place. Listen to him cry again in verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Do you remember? Not one bone of him was broken, and yet his bones were out of joint hanging on that cross, trying to push himself up, catching his breath. They thrust the spear into his side. Blood and water come out. Uh, he's died of a broken heart. His heart is like wax, melted in the midst of his bowels. In verse 15, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thou hast brought me to the dust of death. Literally, I'm thinking now of Jesus crying, I thirst. If that's not enough, listen to verse 16. For dogs have compassed me. 
The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Can you see him pierced for you? Verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. Do you see him being crucified? Verse 18, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. That's exactly what the soldiers did at the foot of the cross. But I've got some very good news for you. Psalm 22 doesn't end at Calvary. No, the psalm breaks in Psalm 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. There's a definite change in tone and in theme here. Why? Because the cross was not the end. When Jesus said it is finished, friend, it was really just beginning. He came alive forevermore. He came in the midst of his brethren and spoke peace to them. And he speaks peace to us. I want to challenge you to read Psalm 22 today on your knees. Find a quiet place and read it aloud. Pray through it and take some time today to thank God for Jesus. If you've never received Him as your Savior, call on Him now and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if you do know Him, thank Him today for being your Savior. Hallelujah for Jesus Christ. Thank you for studying the Psalms with us. It is our sincere hope that you will spend time in God's Word today, finding divine direction and real encouragement for the road ahead. Visit scottpauley.org to download your free copy of a ready reference of the Psalms, along with other helpful resources for your Christian life. We would love to hear from you, and we look forward to having you with us again on the next Enjoying the Journey.